There is a barn in South Richfield. They call the Crowing Shack. And it's been the scene of many late eggs. And it's there that I'll go back. was an egg picker. She grabbed them as they were laid. My father would wash and pack them up according to their size and weight. Got one hand in the carton, the other one on my pan. Cracking eggs in old South Richfield, it proves that I'm a man. They call the crowing shaft And it's been the scene of many late eggs And it's there that I'll go back This is Tom Mulligan, and you're listening to the South Richfield Podcast with your hosts, Scott Luther and Matt. How do you pronounce Matt's last name? However you want. Give me a How does it pronounce it? Is it Choma? No, it's Coma. Like chemical cord inquire. Coma. Hey now, welcome to the South Richfield Rooster Podcast Season 2 premiere show. I'm your host, Scott Luther, and with me is my co-host, Matt Coma. Hey Matt, what's going on? Hey Scott, just sitting here drinking a nice glass of Tullamore Dew. Very excited about the start of Season 2. How are things there in Richfield? Things are super in Richfield. Uh, it's, it's warm. The Revere buses are out hauling kids around. Not right now, because it's, what, 10 o'clock at night, but uh, <laughs> they'll be out and about tomorrow, and, you know, we're getting ready to try to pass the school levy to get those, that new high school and new elementary school built, so if you are a voter, get out there and support your local Revere schools. I know you're not. Yeah, we're, we're in the same boat up here for our school district. It's 
the Anthony Wayne School District. And uh, we have about 400 plus kids per grade. It's a much bigger school district than I thought. But wow. they're looking to build a new elementary school for one of the three elementaries, new middle school, and a new high school. As usual, the junior high kids are going to get the shaft. But it's, a, I think, a $50 million total levy that's going to come up. Oh, good luck getting but that passed. I'm all, I'm all for it. So if we have any Northwest Ohio listeners in, in the Anthony Wayne School District, vote yes on the Anthony Wayne levy. Issue 7. Sure. <laughs> so no, that's the marijuana legalization. Oh shoot! <laughs> Don't mix those up. <laughs> Unless, of course, you want to, and that's not judging. That's fine. So I was thinking we're going to have a lot of fun this season. We had our our summer hiatus, so uh, we apologize for everyone who's been clamoring for some South Richfield, and there has been none since what, August. No. no. No clamoring or, or no podcast. <laughs> there have been no. <laughs> Actually, I've heard none of it either. <laughs> That's because our audience is very polite. <laughs> Actually, I, I did get some clamoring from uh, my mother, my sister. <laughs> and did you know Mrs. Talent is a listener of the podcast? She is? Oh, wonderful. I did not know that. Yes. I just found out uh, this past weekend that she was told about it and that she had to listen to it. So I think she did. I don't know for sure. But uh, Well, then I give a shout-out to uh, my neighbor, Mrs. Talent. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hi, Mrs. Talent. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> On with the raunch fest. <laughs> so, but you, you, you do this pantsless also, right? <laughs> <laughs> or is that just me? I'm wearing my short pants. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so Matt, have you seen that Tech Mobile commercial? Or actually, it's not even a Tech Mobile commercial. It's a Kia Sorento commercial where Bo Jackson gets in the car and is driving through the Tech Mobile video game and just running defenders over. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> So, you know, I was thinking, oh, that's a great commercial. I had to rewind it and watch it a, a couple times. Now there's another one with him picking up uh, Brian Bosworth and uh, <laughs> scoring a touchdown. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I love Tech Mobile. I love commercials. I love old commercials. And I'll walk around singing these stupid things like, uh, you know, you're soaking in it or ring around the collar. So I was thinking, wouldn't it be great to dedicate one of our podcasts to commercials we grew up with in the 70s and 80s? I guess it's a good idea. <laughs> I'm waiting for some validation here. And I'm not going to get any it's from you. It's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I, I, let's get into it. Do you, uh, in addition to Paul Malov, you're soaking in it, which is a strange thing to drop. <laughs> Uh, are there any others that that stand out for you that in particular that you really liked from yeah. the well, from your childhood? One of my favorite from from a kid is this one right here.
So, uh, Nerf football. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Nerf football. So this was, you know, Parker Brothers developed the Nerf football. Actually, they developed the Nerf volleyball first. They had an indoor volleyball set with a net and everything when they first came out in the late 60s. It was like a four-inch wide foam ball. And the marketing slogans promised that you could throw this ball indoors, you won't damage lamps or break windows, and you can't hurt babies or old people. <laughs> That's one of the slogans. <laughs> That's a plus. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they... They started with the, the Nerf Nerf volleyball, and they got rid of the net and pretty much just focused on the ball, and it, it uh, eventually morphed into a soccer ball and the Nerf football. And everybody had a Nerf football growing up. You'd remember you'd be throwing it around the yard, you'd leave it outside and get soaked, and it'd be <laughs> right. 18 times its weight. <laughs> <laughs> Throw out your arms trying to pass it. The dog would get a hold of it and, and chew it up, and you'd have this, like, yellow, <laughs> yellow foam. <laughs> it looked really nasty. But strangely enough, it allowed for a better grip. Yeah. yeah. So you could whip it that much farther. Yeah, I remember in our backyard, we had the soccer balls playing dodgeball in the front yard. We had epic football games. That, that was a, a good product. But you know what? I don't know if they if Nerf focuses on that anymore, you know, what their thing now is uh, with two little boys, I'm sure you, you know this, yeah. it's the Nerf guns. Yeah. And Nolan's uh, been watching just Nerf gun YouTube videos for the last week. Cause he got, he got two new Nerf guns for his birthday and uh, he's focused just on watching these videos now to learn things he can do with them. <laughs> it's well, you know what's great about those? What? You won't hurt babies, and you won't hurt old people. <laughs> but those damn bullets keep getting sucked up in my vacuum cleaner. Oh, man. Or, or you'll find them without the tip. Or you'll find just, then, just the tip. Yeah, just, the, just the tip. Just the tip. Anyway, another thing, fo you know, focused on kids. You know, commercials have, back in the 60s or 70s and 80s when we were growing up, we had tons of commercials geared towards us and uh, this one's no different Good old Tootsie Roll, and you—you uh, you also had that Tootsie Pop commercial with that wise old owl asking how many licks it took to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop. The answer: three. three. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Catch. I love Tootsie Rolls still, and my dad uh, usually has some. He still has them kind of hidden away in the house yeah I, I love them too but when it comes this time of year for halloween my kids they, they don't like the tootsie rolls but i also like all the other ones as well so i'm not going to tell them yeah just give me all the tootsie rolls because i'm going to get you know blocked out of getting a reese's pieces cup or a kit kat so i say well i'll i don't like them either but i'll 
as they pile up, I'll still eat them. <laughs> we go to Dean's neighborhood for Halloween because we don't really have a neighborhood here. So we go to trick-or-treating over at Dean's house. And Dean makes all the kids pay him uh, for using his house as a home base. One uh, Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> Which is not a bad deal because he's walking out like 10 to 12 Reese's at the end of the night. So I think he might be coming out ahead on that deal. I think so. But uh, good old Tootsie Roll jingle. Right yeah, there. you mentioned uh, all these uh, commercials from when we were kids. When you look at Saturday mornings, what was Saturday morning other than just a gigantic commercial fest for kids? You'd have uh, interspersed with um, 22 minutes of cartoons. You'd have eight minutes of commercials. For, sell, sell, for sell. sugary cereal, like, uh, mm-hmm. like Golden Crisp. Can't get enough Super Golden Crisp. It's got the crunch <laughs> with that Tootsie Roll jingle. I forgot to mention this. Uh it was recorded in 1976 at Blank Tape Studios in New York City. So, it, is that a famous studio? I have no idea. <laughs> it's famous for that jingle, though. <laughs> well, I'm sure our listeners will love that. And, what and else you got? On Saturday mornings, remember there'd always be those public public service announcements, and that one on ABC Saturday mornings, Time for Timer. Who's that yellow blob? Who carried a uh, like pocket watch around, and he was always telling you what you needed to do when certain when your body was telling you certain things and what time it was. So this one right here. Bang bang bang! Oh, howdy, partner! Time for timer. Do you ever get that hungry feeling after school? Boy, I do. I'm so hungry I could eat a wagon wheel. When I'm slow on the draw and I need something to chaw, I hanker for a hunk of cheese. When my ten-gallon hats are feeling five gallons flat, I got something planned, which is little cheese sandwiches. Come on! Here's a great little snack to tide you over till dinner. If you want something delicious and nutritious, cheese is a super snack. Look, a wagon wheel. When my get-up-and-go has got up and went, I hanker for a hunk of cheese. When I'm dancing, I hold down and my boots kind of slow down, or any time I'm weak in the knees. I hanker for a hunk of, a slabber slice a chunk of, a sniker is a winner, and yet won't spoil my dinner. I hanker for a hunk of cheese. Yahoo! Yahoo! I never realized that that guy was saying it was time for timer was he was saying that was his name. Yeah, huh. timer was his name. I never knew that. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad we do this podcast. <laughs> I learned so much. <laughs> they had a few few of those different things. Like when it was time to go All to public sleep. service? Yeah. All public service announcements? Yeah, remember well there was you know the more famous ones were the schoolhouse rocks. Certainly. But uh, I, that hanker for a hunk of cheese, Yahoo! That always kind of stuck in my brain forever. I think it's going to stick in mine now. <laughs> and hopefully all 12 of our listeners. <laughs> I think they'll remember that too. You know, one that I, I remember that I always liked, I think because of uh, just how magical it looked, was uh, the scrubbing bubbles. Oh, yeah. Paul Winchell was... Uh, was the the voice of the leader of the Scrubbing Bubbles, and uh, he was also the voice of Tigger in the Winnie the Pooh cartoons. So huh. I didn't know if you if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. So yeah, in 1978, the Scrubbing Bubbles commercial was huge. 
All right, Bubbles, get ready to hit the dirt. I should have become an accountant. Oh, stop worrying, kid. We're going to give this bathroom the shine of its life. Show those germs no mercy. Dig in, kid, dig in. Clean and shine. Disinfect. Deodorize. We'll never scratch or leave any grit. Oh, we never do. We never do. <laughs> you did good, kid. Now let's go down a drain together. We work hard so you don't have to. Dow Bathroom Cleaner with Scrubbing Bubbles. And no fluorocarbons. <laughs> and I s- still use that to this day. Really? That, that commercial worked worked uh, just the way it was supposed to. It implanted itself in my uh, six-year-old brain. Very and impressionable. And it has become my age. product of choice for cleaning um, in our bathrooms and certain areas in the kitchen. Yeah, and, you know, the housewives, I think those those commercials probably ran during... What the soap operas? Do you think? Oh, sure. You'd have you'd have that, and how about growing up uh, out in Richfield? There were no, there were no there was no city water out here, so no all wells. Yeah, so you had to or, use or cisterns, right? So you had to use a like a, a a softener with your with your laundry, and here's the most famous one. How do you get shirts so clean, Mister Lee? Ancient Chinese secret. My husband, some hotshot. Here's his ancient Chinese secret, Calgon. Calgon's two water softeners soften wash water so detergents clean better. In hardest water, Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. We need more Calgon. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. I wouldn't want to be in that Lee household for dinner that night. (laughs) Yeah, because he gave a... she gave away this ancient Chinese secret. Yeah. And the, uh, the actress in that was actually Japanese-American, <laughs> and the actor was a Chinese-American actor. The funny thing is that Japanese actress had a perfect Midwestern accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. And I always remember that commercial. And, and the... I, I can't imagine them being able to look being able to produce a commercial like that nowadays they probably couldn't yeah everybody's uh very sensitive to any sort of topic like that but maybe it'd be a huge hit who knows right you know i never realized though until listening to it and your explanation that that was a product that was used for well water i just always thought it was something that you threw in for a little extra oomph it was sort of like uh like the steroids for your for for your tide or yeah, it's it's a powdered water softener, so uh, your your clothes actually stay white. Maybe that's why ours are always, you know, off white and gray. Well, so were ours. <laughs> we we did not know the ancient Chinese secret, eh? No, no we had the ancient Polish Polish and Slovak secret. And then you'd go to the grocery store, and you'd see these amazing displays of bathroom tissue. And, of course, I'm referring to Charmin. Ladies, you can't squeeze the Charmin. But this isn't Charmin, Mr. Whipple. This is new Charmin. Even more squeezably soft. But you can see, feel, and hear the difference. See the bigger puffs of softness? But you can feel the difference. Feel how much softer. You can even hear. It's really... No matter how irresistibly soft, please don't squeeze the new Charmin. Mr. Whipple. Introducing new Charmin. So much softer you can see, feel, and hear the difference. New soft fragrance, too. 
Mr. Whipple was always squeezing his own charmin, and uh, <laughs> it's amazing because they started making those commercials in 1964, and they produced over 500 of them between 1964 and 1985 with the same actor, uh, Dick Wilson, playing Mr. Whipple. Yes. Please don't squeeze that Charmin. And in fact, it's kind of funny because Procter and Gamble originally wanted to emphasize the product softness, but didn't really know how to convey that idea on television and show people how soft it was. So the ad agency suggested that shoppers be encouraged to squeeze the product while they're in the stores, like you would squeeze a tomato or, or a melon to assess okay. its softness. But there was some concern that retailers would object to customers manhandling the merchandise and damaging <laughs> it. So that, That's usually how all my first dates went. <laughs> so this ingenious ad kind of handled the problem by actively discouraging uh, people not to squeeze the charm. <laughs> that also sounds like my first dates. <laughs> Did the fathers advertise that when you picked up the young ladies? <laughs> well, it, it was pretty much understood from the from the get go. It wasn't Please those, wasn't it wasn't wasn't mentioned. It, it was it it wasn't those Brexville McDonald girls. <laughs> no, those girls were easy. <laughs> uh, one of my other favorites was this character right here. Madge, why did you decide to become a manicurist? All the usual reasons, romance, adventure, money, thirst for power. And when I see your hands, I wish I were a nurse. Dishwashing, Madge. Want to try Palmolive dishwashing liquid? Softens your hands while you do the dishes. Pretty green. You're soaking in it. And dishwashing liquid? Palmolive. Mild, then. Oh, more than just mild. Right, Madge. Palmolive suds last from the first glass to the last greasy casserole. And it softens hands while you do dishes. Madge, mm. that palm olive liquid of yours, I'm simply in love with it. What, does your husband know about this? <laughs> oh, Madge. <laughs> Madge. That ad campaign ran for even longer than the Charmin, I think, did it not? Yeah, it ran for 26 years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Madge was an a actress named Jan Miner, and she was the wisecracking manicurist uh, <laughs> in these Palmolive ads in a campaign created by the ad agency Ted Bates Advertising. So uh, she worked at this beauty parlor, and the, the beauty parlor was actually called the Salon East Beauty Parlor, and she soaked her customers' fingernails in Palmolive because Palmolive softens hands while you do the dishes. I, I always remember, you're soaking in it. <laughs> and my grandmother would always have a bottle of palm olive up on the uh, sink. So it kind of, I saw that green bottle, and it kind of kind of brings me back to a simpler time. It sure does. And softer hands. Right. One of my favorites um, from back in that time was uh, the Alka-Seltzer ad. I think that's one everyone would remember. Yeah. Blop, blop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Yeah, everyone remembers the, the jingle that was written. And uh, there's a famous commercial also. Mamma mia, that's a some beast. You've got spicy meatballs, Jack. Sorry. Take 28. Out, Tony, and action. 
Mamma mia! That's a spicy meatball. Cut. What was the matter with that? The accent. Macy, micey, ballsy, ballsy. Uh, take 59. And action. Jack. Sometimes you eat more than you should. And Jack. when it's spicy besides, mama mia, do you need Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer can help unstuff you, relieve the acid indigestion, and help make you your old self again. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's break for lunch. <laughs> and that's, that's not even the one I wanted to play. <laughs> I can't believe I ate that whole thing. You ate it, Ralph. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. No, Ralph, I ate it. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Take two, Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer neutralizes all the acid your stomach has churned out. For your upset stomach and headache, take Alka-Seltzer and feel better fast. Did you drink your Alka-Seltzer? The whole thing. <laughs> I can't believe I ate the whole thing. That that song, though, the Plop Plop Fizz Fizz commercial, uh, that song was written by Tom Dawes, if, uh, if you know him. Uh, big fan of his work. Big fan. I've never used Alka-Seltzer myself, so I don't know how it works. Uh, I use it all the time. Are you serious? I'm serious, and it it does wonders. And even uh, like uh, for household cleaning chores, it does wonders. For that hard to scrub out ring in your toilet, if you drop an alka seltzer in there, that helps break that down. It neutralizes <laughs> it acid does. in your stomachs and uh, brown rust. <laughs> brown rings around your toilet. <laughs> but that's good. It's good to know. I see that and I go, what the hell are they eating? What the hell am I eating? <laughs> Up here in Cleveland, I know Mike Alexander, one of our faithful listeners, really loved this commercial right here. Our jingle has lasted more than 50 years. Almost as long as our siding will. Garfield 1, 2, 3, 2, 3. Garfield 1, 2, 3, 2, 3. Now, I don't know if he actually loved the commercial or just the jingle or maybe just got stuck in his head forever. Well, that's something that that back during this time, it seemed to be the, and maybe a little bit earlier, but the golden age of jingles. And that was a local commercial, and they still had something like that that's as catchy. And just looking at it, I'm just realizing now what that is. That's the that Garfield 1, 2, 3, 2. That's the uh, first the, two digits uh, of your... The first, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The, the phone number, the first, yeah, so how would that be? What would Garfield be? Would that be A, B, C, D, well, three? If we would that be three? cell phones, we could figure it out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's see, G-A would be, it would be four, two, one, two, three, two, three. Four, three, one, two, three, two, three. Four, two, one. Oh, no wonder I could never get a hold of them. Richfield was, uh, you know, it's a 659. 659, yeah. And that was uh, well, Oliet or Ol, it was O-L. O-L-9 was how you remembered it. I can't remember what it was. 
I, I want to say Oviat, but I know it's not Oviat. It was like o, Oliet or, or something weird. Well, that's a hard word. <laughs> I can't, for some reason, uh, I'm having a, a brain freeze right now. And I have a feeling some of our listeners would be able to come up with that one. I should have remembered this. I mean, this is the South Richfield uh, podcast. We shouldn't have this hey, stuff at our fingertips. You certainly should. Making uh, South Richfield look look a little weak here, even though you live in North Richfield. So, would that six five nine, just from a geography lesson, would that six five nine extension end on the north side of Everett Road, and the south side would have been six six six? Well, Lori Bettner lived on the south side of Everett Road, and she had a 659 number. Hmm. I think it, that ran down Everett, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it had to have, yeah. Yeah. Oh, here it was Oliver, <laughs> not Oliet. It was Oliver 9. I found it. Oliver 9. Yep. All right. Like 666 was like Montrose. It was like... Montrose 6 so uh, our bath friends would have been saying th- Montrose that'd, 6 that'd be Beelzebub 6 Garfield 1 <laughs> and that Garfield 1 2323 three, they um, actually changed the name of the company to Garfield 12323 <laughs> instead of the home corporation and the first first person to um, to use that jingle was the play-by-play announcer for the Indians, Jimmy Dudley, in 1958. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. It's 1958, so that means every other man out there had a pipe. Right. Or possibly, Matt. Oh? <laughs> maybe maybe if you weren't a fan of a pipe, you were a fan of one of these. What's he doing? Just lit a cigar and then he put it out. Bet it's a Dutch Masters or Alpha Ducto. How come? They've changed. Most of theirs don't use natural leaf wrappers anymore. Now, Gaja Vega's still an honest cigar. Gaja Vega still gives you the rich tobacco taste of natural leaf wrappers. He's doing it again. You ought to switch to an honest cigar. Gaja Vega, still an honest cigar. He's doing it again. I don't know why, but that one uh, just... I remember going to my other grandma's house <laughs> and... <laughs> They were smokers, so my my grandpa uh, usually had a pipe, and also my great grandpa lived with them. He always had a pipe or a cigar, and they always had the TV on. And I I specifically remember being there and watching these Garcia Vega commercials. <laughs> Maybe it's just uh, was because of the the smell of the cigar that it kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Um, when we would visit my grandma, Coma, over in Strongsville, um, all my uncles would show up and everybody would be smoking either cigars or a pipe. And, you know, the smell that hung in the air, it was, I always found it a very pleasant smell, you know. Right. Um, I don't remember what brand they smoked. I think, though, they must have been Dutch Masters because what I loved was the cigar boxes that you would get after they were done. Oh, you keep everything in them. Oh, those were great. It'd be a cash box at, uh, at like the school uh, snack counter. Your art supply box. Yep. You'd yeah, those things were great. Legos in it. 
I gotta imagine that those must be collector items now. Yeah, I I guess you could still get a box of cigars. I haven't <laughs> tried ever. <laughs> but maybe we should go buy a box of cigars uh, just to see. The maybe one, that's a podcast topic. Remember those those Lowenbrow commercials? There's one where a guy comes in and he, and he comes into the restaurant and he just wants a big juicy steak and a Lowenbrow. That's that's what he wants. But uh, there's also this one from Low and Brow. Here's two good friends. Here he goes. Tonight is kind of special. Hey, we almost gave up and sent out for Pete's. Sorry. All I could get were lobsters and Low and Brow. All I could get were lobsters and Low and Brow. <laughs> well, it's the last party of the summer. I figured I'd shoot the words. <laughs> when you want the taste of a truly great beer, tonight, let it be Low and Brow. Well, like the song says, here's two good friends. <laughs> And that was a deep baritone singing there. Oh, I love that song. I sing it all the time. <laughs> Arthur Prysock sings that jingle. And Lowenbrow, that brewery supposedly was founded in 1383 in Germany. 1383? Isn't that nuts? That's only 14 years after the Black Death swept across Europe. <laughs> the name Lowenbrow f- means Lion's Brew. And uh, that commercial, that was actually from the Miller Brewing Company because they distributed Lowenbrow here in the States. Oh, okay. Uh, good old Lowenbrow. Here's to good friends. Tonight is kind of special. The beer we'll pour must mean something more somehow. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you're really moved by that. <laughs> I can uh, the walk beer commercial that I, I really that. remember. Well, what were we going to say? I don't know. <laughs> oh. I remember, uh, or the one that I, I, I really recall was the less filling tastes great uh, ad campaign for Miller Lite. Oh yeah, you'd have, you know, Light Miller Lite was one of the first mainstream light beers. It was the first mainstream light beer, and they had to figure out how to get men to drink this stuff. So they had a lot of manly men, like athletes, uh, advertise this beer. Former football players. Like um, like Ray Nitschke. I remember Dit Butkus. Yep. John Madden. Rodney Dangerfield. There are all kinds of guys doing this. And one of my favorite uh, ones, even though it's not the the back and forth, the less filling tastes great, it's this one right here. You know, one of the best things about being an ex-big leaguer is getting freebies to the game. Call the front office, bingo. And once these fans recognize me, I probably won't even have to pay for my life here for Miller. I love them. These fans know I drink light because it's less filling and it tastes great. Good seats, huh? You're in the wrong seat, buddy. Come on. Oh, I must be in the front row. Light beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer and less. Good seats, hey, buddy. He missed the tag. He missed the tag. Bob (laughs) Euchre. He was great in that commercial. And and, uh, he's like, I must be in the front row. (laughs) Right. Later went on uh, to a career as a, as an actor, but his baseball career he was was he a two hundred hitter? Yeah, he was <laughs> a, a catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, I believe, right? Yeah, he wasn't uh, he wasn't that good of a player. He was still a major leaguer, and back then catchers didn't need to hit at all. Remember? <laughs> yes. And now he's uh, he's still broadcasting for the Brewers, if I'm not mistaken. 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, and those commercials always ended with that with that same closing from actor Eddie Barth, who did the voiceover. White beer for Miller. Everything you've always wanted in a beer and less. You ever watch the show Mad Men? I used to. Uh, it's my all-time favorite show. Uh, the production values, the stories, the acting, it's it's gripping. It's phenomenal. It's the, the best TV show that I've ever seen. And it takes place in the 1960s, right sort of in that golden age of television when advertising was really coming into its own as uh, through, through television and through um, through the mass media. And they they get into the into some of these episodes about coming up with these slogans and just listen to some seeing something like that you know that they everything you've always wanted a beer and less that and less i'm sure that they worked on for weeks for just two words now it's amazing that the uh how how these jingles just stick with you many decades after you you saw them right and like you said right. you're you're still buying uh scrubbing bubbles because of that ad because of those little and, cartoon bubbles zooming around the bathtub and what's interesting is the the palm olive bottle the knockoff brands will make their bottles whether it's palm olive or whatever the store brand of the scrubby bubbles that they will make their bottles their container look like that same container that you are used to buying just so you feel more comfortable buying it because somehow the shape of that container, the colors of that container, there's something that's beyond rational that's working on you to make you want to buy that product. It's, it's, it's an emotional purchase is really what it is. Are there any ads or uh, jingles or slogans today that stick with you? I mean, uh, you think of McDonald's, ba 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 I'm loving it. And it's not the same as... To all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickle, onion, on a sesame seed bun. Yeah, it's not, not the even same. close. But the the all time greatest one for for me though was uh, the Coca Cola commercial from I think 1973. I'd like to buy the world a Coke in harmony. And that's the song I sing. I think that song actually ended up being a hit single. Did it not? I'm not sure. I don't know how, how big it was. There it is. It brings a smile to my face to this day. That was actually a Christmas uh, one, so I don't even know if it was the original. But uh, that Coke commercial obviously is one of the most iconic commercials that we've we've ever had. Was uh, was Coke also the Mean Joe Green one, or was that Pepsi? Hmm. That was Pepsi, I think, right? Or was it Coke? I don't. I don't know. Maybe it was, it was RC Cola. <laughs> RC. I, I love, don't know. I should I should know that. Because Mean Joe 
drinks that whole bottle of whatever it is that that could not have been a real soda because anybody drinks like they're burping half of that before they're halfway down it was a coke commercial it was october 1st 1979 was when the first one his first uh coke commercial hey kid catch aired so coke has made some big time commercials yeah well it, uh, commercials that have stuck with uh, us and entered into national consciousness but you know you think about what there is today I think it's because you don't have everybody watching just three networks any longer there's I mean well, I, I'm not coming up with anything great here everybody's attention is spread out in multiple directions now than, than it ever had been before whether you're looking at your phone or your computer or your streaming, your, your programming. Uh, there's not as much opportunity for advertisement. But ads seem like they're everywhere. I've seen a statistic that by the time your kids reach the age of 12, they will have already seen over 200,000 commercials. Even with TiVo. <laughs> yeah, well, you just zoom that helps. everything. That helps. That might be part of it, too. They want to put as much effort because everyone's skipping the commercials and they, they think it might not be worth it. And there's well, a- it's funny you bring that up, but we have Netflix, so there, and I absolutely lo- love Netflix if they want to sponsor. Uh, <laughs> Netflix is terrific. No commercials. And a lot of good shows, a lot of good options to choose from. But again, the main thing there is no commercials. So when my kids go back to my mom and dad's place, they have regular television that has commercials. They are just transfixed when those commercials come on. I want it. We need it. We need to get that Honey Nut Cheerios. We need to get that new Broly Poly toy. I don't know. My kids. Love I don't know what they want. My kids love uh, the DirecTV commercials. For some reason, they love. They used to love those Rob Lowe ones. And now they like uh, the Peyton Manning ones. They like those Settler ones. DirecTV does a good job with their commercials, but there's, like I said, there's no jingles. And there's TV as a whole. There's no, there's no catchy theme songs anymore either. Uh, but that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get into the facts of life uh, theme song right now. <laughs> that's my shower, my go-to shower song. <laughs> Thinking about Blair, Joe, or Tootie? Mindy. Ooh. <laughs> it's weird, but I like it. Makes sense. Uh, well, like you said, not, there's not a whole lot of great jingles out there. But you, you know what could use a jingle? What? This podcast. Oh, yeah. We should have a I think contest. We, yeah, I think we should open up to all our four listeners that uh, to come up with either words otherwise known as lyrics or music uh, for for the podcast that you know maybe we can marry both the words from one contestant and the music from another contestant or someone could just write the whole thing for us. well I don't want to stress out our audience I don't want to overtax them I know we have some very talented listeners I've uh, we've gotten some good intros from people and I'd love to challenge our listeners to uh, submit a South Richfield jingle, maybe a new opening for our podcast uh, that we could play each time. Each time we open, that'd be awesome. That would be terrific. Yeah, it could be the theme for the entirety of season two. That'd be oh, we'd love that. We, we hey, do. Speaking we of need it. 
uh, input from uh, listeners. For those uh, four or five of you out there, we do have a, an email, southrichfield at gmail.com. And we've have, been getting uh, some. Re- we received any emails? Yeah, we, we, we got some listener emails. Would you like to hear some of them, Matt? I certainly would. Okay. I always love to hear the feedback yeah. from our many, many fans. So o- over the summer, we got some, some emails. Uh, here's one. You guys are great. Big fan. Just just one minor change. Get new hosts. Huh? God bless. <laughs> I, you know what? I agree with that. <laughs> I've always thought that the one thing holding back this podcast is, is you and me. <laughs> here's another one from... Uh, a listener i once saw a traffic collision between a bus filled with jesuit priest and a bicycle caravan of about 10 or 20 homeless men i remember it was the hottest day of the summer in calcutta i was was in calcutta because of my sister who was there for the peace corps she had died (laughs) so i don't mean to laugh but yeah don't laugh it's very tragic she had died so I needed to pick out a coffin for her to travel back into stateside. Needless to say, that scene, stench, and attitude was far be- better to stomach than 10 seconds of your show. This needs to be taken off the air, period. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, that, is, that is some good feedback. Uh, is there anything more? <laughs> yeah, we got, we got a couple. Uh, All right. We got one from uh, Andrew Falzerano. Actually, he sent two. Uh, I'll read one, and then maybe you could read the the second one. Okay, sure. Okay. Shut Matt's mic off. I can't stand being dragged into the coma vortex. Enough is enough already. It seems every show Matt keeps having more and more problems with his microphone, and he loves blaming his problems on such nonsense. Last time he blamed it on Friday the 13th. What's next? Wait, St. Swithin's Day? Get real. I bet. I bet if the show was his. Ch- <laughs> I bet if the show was his childhood crush, he would take his job a little more seriously. You need to fire him, Scott. Fire him. Anyway, peace and love. Peace and love. Oh, that's good. That's that's good information. Here's one. <clears throat> what the hell is up with Luther lately? He thinks he is all high and mighty claiming that he will repopulate the community with more Lutherans just so the community can continue pumping more money into schools. <laughs> Get real! Matt, you ought to pull him off his high horse and remind him that he is eating giblets like a peasant back when he was a student in college. If he is getting too big for his britches, then he ought to start his own show called Keeping Up with the Luther Dashians, what a get a new host, Matt. <laughs> wow, that that is good feedback. Bye for now. <laughs> oh, thank you, Andrew, for for those lovely emails. We'll we'll take them into consideration. <laughs> so that about does it for this episode of of the South Ritual Podcast. Uh, I. I know I'm excited. I think we're going to have a great season two. We're going to have some some special guests coming up pretty soon. So keep your ears peeled. 
Remember, look for us. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, please. I was going to say, look for our, us on Facebook and Twitter, South Richfield, at hashtag dot diggity dot dubot dot dot diggity dot. At right? South Dig- Richfield on oh, Twitter. Oh, at South Richfield. Okay. And send any emails to southrichfield at gmail.com. Right. And don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. We've got two reviews. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> People love yes, this please, podcast. Yes, please, please write a, re- a review uh, and rate us on iTunes. It really helps out a lot, yeah. especially with our advertisers like Tullamore Do and Netflix. And the Richfield uh, Farm Market. Don't forget to stop up for all your Halloween needs. Pumpkins. The Fall Festival is going on. Come see the Pumpkin Cannon and uh, go on a hayride while you're up there. Well, I tell you what, we are going to make a special trip from Northwest Ohio back to Northeast Ohio to the old stomping grounds just for that. Wow. You're, I saw your sister and mom there like last year or the year before. Yep. My sister has the two cutest little girls ever, and they just love that sort of stuff. They love pumpkin cannons. Who doesn't love a pumpkin cannon? <laughs> hey, if you want to hear more about pumpkin cannons... Check out episode three from season one, where we go in depth on pumpkin cannons. We do. I, I don't remember that, but it's a very good episode. <laughs> all right. So thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you all next time. Keep it real, South Richfield. Keep it classy. 